Welcome. We are so glad you've joined us today. Are you ready for another Bayside Christian Church podcast? Let's get straight into it. Thank you so much, Mary Lynn, for stirring our hearts with faith and encourage you to keep praying and expecting. Just before I share the word today, and I'm going to continue my series I started last week on what's the church look like in 2020. And um, some of you have been asking, when are we starting back uh, Sunday church services? And some of you are aware that the government has just recently lifted some of the restrictions. So instead of a seven square meter rule for people singing, it's now back to four square meters like most other public places. And so we're uh, planning to uh, move forward back to Sunday services. You would have received a, a survey, just a brief survey from our church, just wanting to get some feedback on how you've been uh, coping during this uh, uh, pandemic virus and um, the areas that you've struggled with, the areas that you've seen uh, growth in your faith. And also, um, as we look at starting up services, um, because the le levels have now lifted to four square metres, it means that we can still only have about 70 people inside of our church auditorium. But if we do outside church under our fellowship area and uh, some people undercover and then the others out in the grass on our beautiful winter sunny days, um, we can fit about 175 plus some more kids in kids' church, so about 200 people. We want to get some feedback that uh, when we start those services, would you lo love to come and um, just give us uh, that feedback so it can help us. So we're planning on starting back with a Sunday service two weeks' time, Sunday the 26th of July. Some churches are starting back this, this week. Others are planning in the coming weeks. And uh, we want to get back to some corporate gathering. But we, you need to be aware that there's still social distancing and we'll need to get people to register to come to the services. So there's a whole lot of dynamics still involved, but we're excited that uh, soon we'll be able to start gathering again. So please give us that feedback so as leaders we can plan well and prepare well and so that we can move forward um, as Bayside Christian Church. I want to uh, pick up where we were last week on what's the church going to look like as we come out of this virus. What changes have been happening in the body of Christ? And for some, um, it's been a great challenge because we haven't been able to get together for corporate uh, prayer and worship and the fellowship. Um, we've done a lot more things online. For some, that's been a, a great step. You can still stay in your pajamas and, and go to church. And that's going to be a, a challenge for some of us on these cool mornings getting out and, and coming to church physically. Um, others have found the online, the information and preaching good, but they really miss that fellowship. And Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. That means no virus, no economic issue, no government rules can stop the church growing. But we want to flow as good citizens in our community, as good leaders. And Jesus said, go into all the world and make disciples, not just have church services or groups or prayer meetings, make disciples. And yes, that's fellowship, prayer, worship, discipleship, all those things happening. And I want to pick up where we were last week, Ephesians 4, 11 to 16. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Do you hear that? God wants us to grow and mature as people. And uh, don't stop growing. Let's keep growing. Then we'll no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and 
blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow up to become in every respect the mature body of Him who is the head that is Jesus Christ. From Him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Here we see God's plan for the body of Christ, where pastors and leaders are there to equip the saints and, and minister life and to release other leaders in the body and the, the church loving one another and caring for one another and serving one another. And we see that every need is met and the love of Jesus reaches out to our community. Ephesians 1.22, and it says, God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be the head over everything for the church, which is his body. The fullness of Him who fills everything in every way. So when you become a Christian, you don't just um, have your sins forgiven. You now belong to the family of God. And what a joy that is to have that sense of belonging, of connection, of relationship, of support. And some of us, our own families, were scattered or not really whole. But the body of Christ, we join together in His kingdom. And what a joy that is. And the word church means to meet and to come. It means the called out ones that we fellowship together. And last week, just uh, as I recap briefly, uh, 1 Corinthians 12 gives a beautiful picture of the physical body. And some of us are very happy with our bodies. Others of us wish some things would change about our bodies. Hopefully you don't have too many COVID kilos there you're going to lose. But the physical body has all these different parts. And the Apostle Paul likens our the church to our body. And verse 18 of 1 Corinthians 12 says, But God has carefully designed each member and placed it in the body to function as he desires. A diversity is required, for if the body consists of one single part, there wouldn't be a body at all. So God says he puts all of us, different shapes and sizes, different gifts, different passions together to form the body of Christ. And verse 27 says, You are the body of Christ, and each one of you is unique and vital part of it. And so we are joined together. I want to encourage you, you belong to Christ. You belong to his body, his family. And thank God for the local church and for Bayside Christian Church. Or maybe you're watching, you belong to another church. Pray for your church. Belong, connect, give and support. And because there's something powerful happens when we do this together. We do it out of love and we grow in his ways. I want to... Uh, have a look at some uh, verses there in uh, um, Acts chapter 2, which talks about the body of Christ. And uh, it talks about the early church and how they functioned and how they grew. Acts 2.42 says, Every believer was faithfully devoted to the teachings of the apostles. Their hearts were mutually linked to one another, sharing communion and, and coming together regularly for prayer. A deep sense of holy awe swept over everyone and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. All the believers were in fellowship as one body and they shared with one another whatever they had. Out of generosity, they even sold their assets to distribute the proceeds to those who were in need among them. Daily they met together in the temple courts and in one another's homes to celebrate communion. They shared meals together with joyful hearts and tender humility. They were continually filled with praises to God, enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord kept adding to their number daily those who were coming to life. Here we see the early church and how they functioned and they flourished. And they, the Bible says they turned the world upside down. There was such love and power and light and truth flowing through them that many people became followers of Jesus Christ. 
And uh, I just want to pick up a few of the uh, key areas that we find in um, these verses here in Acts chapter 2. How do we make disciples? We see that they taught the people the Word of God. They taught them to grow in their relationship with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. They taught kingdom truths from the Bible. And our DNA is Bible-based foundation. Obeying the Scripture is one of the main keys to spiritual maturity. In the long term, you retain about 10% of what you hear, up to 50% of what you see, and about 90% of what you do. So hearing the Word's good, reading it's good, but when we do it, we actually, it becomes a part of our life and part of our habits and who we are. And I encourage you, the Holy Spirit's always reminding us to do the Word of God, to forgive, to love, to care, and to encourage. And as you do it, you will grow in that. James 1.22 says, Don't just listen to the Word of Truth and not respond to it, for that is the essence of self-deception. So always let His Word become like poetry written and fulfilled by your life. What a beautiful picture that is. If you listen to the Word and don't live out the message you hear, you become like the person who looks in the mirror of the Word to discover the reflection of his face in the beginning. You perceive how God sees you in the mirror of the Word, but then you go out and forget your divine origin. But those who set their gaze deeply into the perfect law of liberty are fascinated by and respond to the truth they hear and are strengthened by it. They experience God's blessing in all that they do. Well, what's the secret? Be doers of the word, not hearers only. So they taught and lived the word. Secondly, they fellowship. They caught up with one another. And we've missed doing that on Sundays, but we're doing it in our small groups. We're doing it in our families and our relationships. We're doing it online. There was such a unity of heart. There was body life. There was support. There was encouragement. There was accountability. There was sharing of communion regularly. And this is our DNA is inclusive, all ages, all nationalities, and all backgrounds. It says they prayed often, regularly, daily. They got together for prayer. They prayed individually. Prayer flows out of the passion of our relationship of love and trust with our God. Don't have prayer just as a duty. Do it out of a love, passion relationship of your prayer and worship and faith prayers. Fourthly, there were supernatural miracles, signs and wonders. And the, the way of the Holy Spirit was flowing. The awe of God's presence so filled their hearts. And I want to encourage you, we're going to keep believing for breakthroughs, for miracles, for lives to be transformed, for addictions to break off people's hearts and lives, for broken relationships to be healed, for old patterns to be dropped off of our lives. Let's continue to have faith in God. There was great generosity. They shared what they had. They were always generous. And they served one another. And they were busy helping and caring for one another. They met together in the temple courts, which was like church, and in their homes. So showing hospitality. Some people have learned to get their cooking mojo back. And we've been showing hospitality, caring and sharing. And I think that's a good thing, that we strengthen our hospitality gift. They did discipleship in their small groups and in the, the gathering in the church. And a church should grow bigger and smaller at the same time. Larger with greater groups gathering and smaller in small groups and family groups. And I encourage you to do that. Hebrews 10.25 says, This is not the time to pull away and neglect meeting together as some have formed the habit of doing because we need each other. In fact, we should come together even more frequently 
eager to encourage and urge each other onward as we anticipate that day dawning. Wow. We need to be connecting in every possible way with one another in the body of Christ, in your family unit, so that strength can flow, encouragement can flow, and then that love will overflow into our community. It says they got together and worshipped and praised. When I think of worship, it's about intimacy with God. It's not just singing songs, but it's flowing from the heart. God inhabits the praise of his people. Thank God for our worship team that are still doing great uh, sets of worship songs and praise. And I uh, want to give a shout out to our worship team. Thank you for serving through this time and for the blessing to continue to flow. Let praise and worship flow out of your heart because there's great power in praise and worship. Lastly, they shared the gospel because it says daily people came to Jesus. Wow, the favor of God was on them and there was evangelism flowing. I believe it's time to step up, to step out, to reconnect, to look for the opportunities, not just the problems. When there's so many needs around, you can get swamped by the problems. But let's see with eyes of faith and let's not have fear-filled hearts, but eyes of faith. So I believe some of these areas that the church in 2020, God wants us to refocus and strengthen some of them in our church and in our churches across our nation. I want to uh, pick up another thought here about one another. I started reading through all the one another scriptures in the New Testament. There are dozens of them that talk about how we should love one another and treat one another because it's about the body of Christ functioning and flowing together. So I want to pick up some of these and we'll probably finish some more next week. But love one another is recorded at least 18 times in the Bible. Love one another. John 13, 34 says, A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. You might be a good speaker and uh, be able to speak or preach or teach about Jesus, but we can all love. We can learn to give love and receive love. And Jesus said, that's a new commandment, not the old Ten Commandments. This is a new commandment that overshadows all of those. It's fulfilled in love for one another. 1 Peter 3.8 says, finally, all of you be like-minded, be sympathetic, love one another, be compassionate and humble. Peter's saying, hey, love one another with all of your heart. Find ways to share that love, to communicate that love. 1 John 4.12 says, No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us, and His love is made complete in us. <coughs> Sometimes we've been raised with conditional love. I'll love you if you love me back or if you meet my needs. And that doesn't work in a marriage. You need to be sowing unconditionally in families. And I believe that God is wanting to strengthen our capacity to give and receive love. He wants to heal our hearts so that we don't have walls and barriers up. The very people that God sends to love you, sometimes we, we put, push away or reject because of fears or hurts in our lives. And at this time, when we've had more time to reflect, I pray that your heart is getting more free and more whole so that you can love and be loved. That love just overflows. It oozes out of you. When you're squeezed under pressure, what comes out? But love for people, unconditional love. It says that because God loves, lives in us, it will overflow our hearts. And one more on love is 1 John 3.18 in the Amplified says, 
Let us not love merely in theory, with word or with tongue, giving lip service to compassion, but in action and in truth, in practice and in sincerity, because practical acts of love are more than words. Wow, wow, wow. Here we are. It says, don't just love with words. Words can be cheap. They can be powerful. But when you show it with your actions, that's when people say, I know that you love me. And I believe God's stirring us as the church to love our community, to love our neighborhood, to find creative ways to communicate that love to everyone who comes into our world. And I was thinking about this the other day, that there's three key areas that often cause tensions or strife in relationships and it blocks love. Number one is unmet expectations. We have unrealistic expectations of one another. Husbands and wives sometimes do it to each other. Parents and children, friends and workmates. We have unrealistic or unmet expectations and that clouds us and we start to react or get frustrated or irritable and we need to have realistic expectations. Take our needs to God first and let Him fill our heart so the love tank in your soul is filled up and overflowing. And when you are disappointed with unmet expectations, it won't crush you, but you'll have a reserve to rise up and say, God, are my expectations realistic? Are they real for this relationship? Or are they driven by some other agenda? The second one is emotional baggage. Wow, so many of us have emotional baggage. Previous hurts and disappointments. We've been let down by a leader or someone else. And God says, hey, I want to heal the brokenhearted. I want to set the captives free. And I believe that at this time, God wants to heal our hearts so that we can be carriers of his love to our community and our families. Emotional baggage, it, it often is just all connected up and can twist sometimes our motives and our agendas. And I encourage you to get some support, some counseling, some prayer to help unravel. Have a trusted friend that can be a mirror for your soul. Talk it through with Jesus so that you can release that emotional baggage from your past. And the third one is wrong perceptions. And when we communicate with the love languages, sometimes someone's making something for you, but they're not spending time with you and you just totally... Um, get a wrong perception of they're not loving me and spending time, but they're actually doing something special for you. And it's so easy to end up with wrong perceptions tearing at our hearts. So unmet expectations, emotional baggage, and wrong perceptions can sometimes rob us from loving one another and receiving love in our closest relationships. I want to encourage you, take those areas to Jesus. Maybe today, even as I've been speaking, think, wow, that's what's been going on in my heart. I encourage you to take it to Jesus right now to say, Lord, help me to see those expectations become realistic. Emotional baggage from my past relationships, why should that be affecting my present situation? Or a previous boss, why should I transfer that to a present situation that's not warranted? And wrong perceptions where I misread people's motives and actions. I think they've got an agenda and I sometimes get it right and sometimes I get it wrong. Holy Spirit, help us to love one another unconditionally, freely, so that our lives can be transformed. Romans 12.10 says, be devoted to one another in love.
And God wants that love to overflow us. It says, God so loved the world that he gave. This is the gospel. It's about God's love coming through Jesus. As believers, as the body of Christ, we need to love one another, to deal with those barriers, those things that hinder us from loving one another. Second, second one another is honor. Romans 12, 16 says, Live in harmony with one another. Honor one another above yourselves. Wow, this deals with self-centeredness. It says, honor one another above yourselves. In other words, be looking beyond your own needs and desires. Love and honor others. And it starts in our closest friendships and relationships. Honor by our attitudes, our words, and our actions. Honor with those words that you, honor, that you speak to one another. Not just on a birthday or Christmas or an anniversary. Let's practice people who be, being people who honor those in authority. And there's so many today would want to blame the government or blame another country for this virus or blame so many things. Hey, let's honor one another and see your life blessed. For those who honor God, your life will be blessed. If you dishonor God, you'll reap dishonor in your own life. And I want to encourage you, don't keep going down that pathway where maybe you've been dishonored and hurt and you say, well, I can't trust anyone. The Spirit of God wants to heal our hearts so that we can have healthy trust in Him as our loving Father and trust with one another. And that can be built by honoring one another. Another one is serve one another. Galatians 5.13 says, You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, Serve one another humbly in love. And service speaks about action, compassion, cooking that meal for a neighbor, sharing, doing, doing the dishes at home, helping someone else with their um, homework or their tasks, serving one another in love. And I thank God for our church. We have Dozens and dozens of people that honor and serve. Using your gift to serve one another. I want to encourage you, serve one another. Don't just be thinking about being served. Let's, what can I do to help serve one another? I encourage you, mums and dads know how to do this for their kids. But I want to encourage us all to grow in that area of serving one another humbly in love. I'll finish with one more today and then we're going to pick it up next week on some of the other one another scriptures. There's so many amazing promises when we love one another. Last one today is encourage. 1 Thessalonians 5.11 says, Therefore encourage one another and build each other up just as in fact you are doing. Encourage. The word encourage means to put courage into. Discourage means to take it out of someone. And courage is not the absence of fear. It's facing your fears and moving forward. Some of you are afraid of the future with your work or your finances or your health. I want to encourage you. Don't let discouragement rob you. But let's put courage into one another by our words and our actions. Be an encourager. Barnabas is one of my favorite characters in Scripture. He was such an encourager. They call him Barnabas, the son of encouragement. That was his nickname. Barney, you're such an encourager. That's what we're going to call you from now on. I pray that you will be called an encourager, not a wet blanket that robs people of their faith, but be an encourager, one who finds every possible way to get beside people and encourage. 
Second Corinthians 3, 13 and 11 says, Finally, brothers and sisters, rejoice, serve, strive for full restoration, encourage one another, be of one mind, live in peace, and the God of love and peace will be with you. There's numerous verses on encouraging one another. When we finish this service day, I want you to take a few minutes, maybe in the group that you're in, your family, or you're with friends, or maybe in your own, to take a moment to think about and maybe write down some people that God wants you to encourage more. And think about some ways, how can I encourage this person? They're struggling or they're overwhelmed, or they've just got so much on their plate, or their future's uncertain. I want you to write down two or three people and that you could encourage this coming week and ways that you could do it in a meaningful way. Ask the Holy Spirit to show you what's the best way to encourage this person, that child, that older person that is unsure what their future is, that person that's sick. How can I genuinely encourage their life to lift their faith and support them? And uh, last verse is Hebrews 10.25. Do not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. We can encourage one another by our words, actions, attitudes, listening to one another, support, prayer, giving, and by your example. Sometimes just being you is a great encouragement because you're faithful. You're a person of prayer. You're, you're reliable. You show up on time. You're consistent. If you say you're going to do something, you do it as well as you can. Your example can be a great encouragement. And I want to stir your hearts to try and outdo one another in encouraging one another. And we're looking forward to meeting together more soon. And that's one thing I miss about the corporate worship, to connect and hear one another's stories and to encourage one another. And in that survey that we've sent out, encourage you to uh, put in some things, some stories or short things that can help stir our hearts as leaders and as a church of what God's been doing in and through your heart and your life. So today we've looked at uh, four of the one another's and next week we've got a few more that we're going to look at. How can we be the body of Christ and love one another, encourage one another, honour one another and serve one another? And I really invite you to take a few moments at the end of this message to have a discussion with your family or friends or if you're on your own, to jot some things down. Who can I encourage and how can I encourage them this week? How can I do something different or fresh or we know something's worked and I'm becoming negative or just picky on their weaknesses? Hey, let's look at ways that we can build one another up. To encourage builds up their faith. Remember Ephesians 4.16, it says that we will build one another up. It says in the Passion, for his body has been formed in his image and is closely joined together and consistently connected as one. And every member has been given divine gifts to contribute to the growth of all as these gifts operate effectively. Throughout the whole body, we are built up and made perfect in love. Let me pray for you today. I pray you have a blessed week. I pray that you will find fresh ways to love one another, to encourage one another, to hear each other's hearts, and to the overflow will touch people that are searching for answers. Let me pray with you right now. Father, I just pray your blessing over each one that's watching today. I thank you for the love of God that fills our hearts. You are building your church. The gates of hell will not prevail against it. Lord, we will see increase and overflow. And Lord, help us to deal with unmet expectations. 
Lord, help us to leave aside emotional baggage. Lord, help us to, to bring those unfulfilled expectations to you and that our hearts can be free to love and be loved. Lord, I thank you for your grace pouring over us and over our city and our community. God, we just pray that you would draw so close to every heart. And even some right now as they're reaching up saying, God, I need your love. Lord, I need your forgiveness and hope in my life. Reach up and receive it right now because his love is pouring out to you. Receive it right now. Lord, I release your blessing and your favor over them right now. Lord, I release your peace and your presence to fill every heart and every home. We thank you for that now in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for joining us. The Bayside Christian Church community aims to transform our city and beyond with the life and power of Jesus Christ. If you want to know more or just keep in touch, check us out at www.baysidechristianchurch.com.au or follow us on our social media sites at Bayside Christian Church.